Major Garrett is CBS's chief Washington correspondent. He is the voice and talent behind Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen, which is absolutely incredible. I finished it. Each episode's better than the one before it. You need to check it out. I listened on Apple, but you can listen to it anywhere you listen to your podcast. Major, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, John, and thank you for that. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I did. It's uh, it's, it's great stuff. Hey, I want to ask you about Nikki Haley, about polling, about what's yep. happening. And with this with this preface, Donald Trump looks like he's going to win Iowa. But there, as mm-hmm. you know better than I, have been many people who have won the presidency who have not won Iowa. I mean, Joe Biden finished fourth in Iowa in 2020. Right. So with that yep. preface, I look ahead to New Hampshire, where she has gotten key endorsements. Nikki Haley, she seems to be consolidating some of the vote that won't go to Trump. Talk mm-hmm. about New Hampshire and that dynamic. So there's a phrase that New Hampshireites love to use, and this is Democrats and Republicans. And the phrase, which I've heard many, many times traveling through New Hampshire, is as follows. Iowa picks corn. New Hampshire picks presidents. New Hampshireites disdain choices made by Iowa and Iowa caucus voters and attendees. Not always, but many times. They don't follow the dictates or the momentum necessarily conferred by the Iowa caucuses. So let's just go briefly over a recent Republican history. Mike Huckabee won the Iowa caucuses, didn't become the Republican nominee. Rick Santorum won the Iowa caucuses, didn't become the Republican nominee. Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucuses, did not become the Republican nominee. So this is particularly true for Republicans. Nikki Haley is not invested on the ground in Iowa. She will probably come in third there. It's a question of, is it a respectable third? Is it within viewing distance of former President Trump, who is the odds-on favorite to win Iowa? And from Iowa, what does she do in New Hampshire? She's got Governor Sununu's endorsement. But she has to have, if she succeeds in New Hampshire, and let's say she beats Trump, which would be a stretch right now, according to the polls, but let's say she does, there has to be another act. And that act will soon be rendered in South Carolina. So for Nikki Haley, it has to not just be New Hampshire. It has to be another act. And then, very rapidly, she has to build a national campaign out. The only person in this race on the Republican side who has an organized national campaign is former President Trump. He is deeply organized in all the key states. He is well-positioned for Super Tuesday. The state parties are aligned with him more closely than they were in 2016, and so is the national party. So remember that. Don't ever forget that as you're evaluating Trump's chances. He is still better organized state by state than anyone else in this race. What is it about New Hampshire, Major? Is it, is it more the timing of the event? And does the state fight to keep itself in that position? Uh, well, yeah, of course it does. It fights ten- tenaciously for it. And that's why there's so much Democratic upset, because President Biden made South Carolina the first nominating primary, taking New Hampshire out of first in the nation, even though it's part of their law. They will still hold their primary, but it's a question, will the Democrats count the delegates, whatever? Republicans, it's all there as it always has been. So it's an important primary. One of the things is New Hampshireites like the idea of either delivering a message or countering Iowa's sensibilities, and it's also an open primary. So that's why John McCain could do so well over there, because some Democrats and independents could participate. Iowa is closed. Iowa is a partisan event. You can't be an independent or a late arrival and just switch parties and participate in the Iowa caucuses. You can in New Hampshire. So there's a dynamic there that makes New Hampshire distinctly different from Iowa. 
Major Garrett is with us. So, Major, you brought up South Carolina. Uh, Nikki Haley, very popular in South Carolina. The former governor is still revered in most of South Carolina, especially in the population centers, places like Charleston. Is it enough if she were not to win New Hampshire to still bank on South Carolina, or is it too late if she doesn't do well in New Hampshire? Very difficult. And the politics of South Carolina are complicated. Tim Scott was in this race, and it was always unclear whether Tim Scott or Nikki Haley would be the favorite son or daughter of South Carolina. Former President Trump is deeply well-positioned in South Carolina. His statewide leadership team is basically populated by all the most visible current public office holders in South Carolina. So again, Trump is well-positioned there. But a win in New Hampshire might make Nikki Haley more of a favorite daughter, if you will, in South Carolina and alter that dynamic. And here's the one thing we have to keep in mind. There is and there has been around former President Trump because his campaign loves it and tries to increase awareness of it and absorption of this every minute of every day. He's inevitable. He's inevitable. This race is over. Let's get on with the Joe Biden conversation. I'm going to be the nominee. If that cracks, if that perception cracks, and Republicans start saying, well, maybe he won't be the nominee, what does that break loose? The simple answer to that is no one knows. And no one knows what Trump will do under those pressurized conditions. And that's the great variable of this campaign. If Trump wins Iowa and wins New Hampshire, forget about it. That crack won't appear. But if somebody wins New Hampshire or if Trump doesn't win Iowa by as much as he's expected to, then these perceptions could change. That can break things open. People can imagine a different reality. And Trump might act in a way that people either don't like or don't expect. And that could change the dynamic. In major Wisconsin, of course, a battleground state. President mm-hmm. Biden will be in Wisconsin tomorrow in Milwaukee. Any insight into the timing of his visit? I always find that to be as curious as the message. So I would say the timing isn't particularly important right now. Timing for political candidates is very important leading up to events. But he wants to be present in the Midwest for sure. He wants to re uh, animate conversations about him in Wisconsin. Everyone, everywhere in the upper Midwest, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, for sure. Everyone knows that. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what the residents of this particular meeting or this particular event is, but I guarantee you uh, the Biden reelection campaign and its surrogates will be making many, many traces through Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, for all of the understood fundamental blocking and tackling reasons of a re-election campaign. What's your message? Who's your messengers? And is it resonating? And if it isn't, send more messengers, send more messaging, and get your people energized. I know you're traveling a lot for work, Major. Public service announcement. We look out for our friends here. Christmas is in less than a week. Um, How are you feeling? How are you situated? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, Santa's workshop has been working feverishly. I'm pretty much all good with my list. The first uh, batch of Christmas cards went out. John, yours is on the way. You have the most complicated address of any friend or family (laughs) member I know. Yeah, it is a Wisconsin address. The most complicated address, okay? (laughs) I had to look at it 14 times just to get it right. I appreciate Uh, it. So I'm good. I'm good. And uh, in case anyone is curious or interested, I'll be anchoring for Nora O'Donnell, CBS Evening News, all the way well before Christmas, right after Christmas, and leading up to New Year's, and on New Year's Day in a couple days thereafter. Oh, excellent. When's your first day I'll, I'll doing it? I'll be working through the holidays. When's your first day at the desk? <laughs> uh, it will be uh, this Friday. All right. And then Christmas Day, and then uh, Thursday and Friday before New Year's, and New Year's Day and the day after. 
Well, the best gift you could give any of us is to come up with another podcast. There you because go. <laughs> Agent of a Trail is absolutely spectacular. So maybe you can get your crack team. I, on I that. had thought about doing this. I've not approached Major with this idea, but but I think it's wise for us in 2024, Major, to explore a Fletch and Fletch Lives podcast. You and I could do it. Have some of the former characters on it. <laughs> oh, no, like just think about the traction oh, that no. would take. <laughs> yes, this is genius. This is we speak fluent Fletch. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, but I think that's a violation of my rights. Oh, here we go. What kind of name is Poon? Yeah. All right. uh, Major, I'm sorry we're out of time. I am too. Have a great Christmas. Have a great Christmas, everyone.